Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm Eric Christensen, pharmacist, your host. And today I'm going to cover loop diuretics. So these are a pretty common medication uh, that can be really utilized to help promote the loss of fluid out of the body. Uh, I, I think about these medications and it's like I, I try to step back and say, okay, well, why would we want to um, increase uh, the amount of fluid loss throughout the body? So there are certain disease states, uh, heart failure, for example, where we can have this fluid overload, um, certain uh, different types of edema, excuse me, edema in different locations. Uh, ascites is another example uh, of a disease state where we might have excessive fluid. Uh, so that's primarily what these drugs are going to be used for, and they're very, very potent, and they're very uh, good at eliminating fluid from the body. So drugs within these class, some examples, uh, we've got furosemide, uh, in practice, that is the most common example uh, that I see used. Brand name there is Lasix. We've got Torsamide, brand name Demodex. Uh, we've got Bumetanide, brand name Bumex. And one other one I'll just throw in there is Ethacrinic Acid, and I'll, I'll talk about that a, a little bit later. But there's a slightly different uh, variation with its structure compared to the other agents that might make it advantageous, but um, I'll cover that as we kind of talk about uh, side effects and, and risks of, of things. So uh, mechanism of action, uh, what you're probably going to want to know for you know pharmacology exam or board exam is by remembering the term loop on loop diuretics, that refers to the kidney. So these drugs block reabsorption of sodium and chloride and it primarily does that in the ascending loop of Henle, which is part of uh, the kidney and the, the nephron. Okay, so that's kind of how you can remember how the, the drugs work mechanistically. And so with that, um, if you block that reabsorption of sodium and chloride, what happens is water and other things kind of go with it out into the urine and obviously out of the body. So that ex excess water, extra water going out into the urine can help reduce uh, the problems that you may have with a fluid overload situation in something um, common like heart failure. Now, with that fluid loss, I want to talk about the side effects. So one thing that I've encountered patients complain about all the time is frequent urination. And yes, it's it's hard to argue with that when we're pumping fluid out of the body, essentially, with these drugs. That fluid's got to go somewhere, and it's eliminated out through the urine. So frequent urination is a big problem. These drugs uh, tend to be dosed in the morning. That's the 
best time to do it probably um, because if you dose it too close to the evening or nighttime, you're going to make your patients miserable in having to get up to go to the bathroom every half hour, hour, or maybe even more frequently in, in some cases. So urinary frequency is a really, really uh, nuisance type side effect for patients and probably the one you're going to hear them complain about most. Now these drugs, uh, whenever we eliminate fluid, I've talked about thiazide diuretics um, being used for hypertension uh, in a previous podcast. Go check that one out. Um, but whenever you eliminate fluid from the body, there's the potential that you can drop or lower blood pressure. And these drugs certainly can do that. So uh, you know, when our patients at risk, maybe on a lot of other blood pressure medications, maybe they've already got borderline low blood pressure, a loop diuretic will likely bring that blood pressure down further, uh, could potentially, you know, cause dizziness, contribute to a fall, passing out type episode uh, if that blood pressure does get too low. So keep an eye on those vital signs, blood pressure uh, specifically. And the other really huge monitoring thing you need to do with furosemide is, or with loop diuretics, is electrolytes. Okay, uh, potassium, magnesium, calcium, all these electrolytes. Usually, potassium's the most significant uh, that we we keep an eye out for. But all these electrolytes can be depleted and can be depleted. Uh, to a low enough level where it can um, cause significant problems. So hypokalemia, that low potassium, is a big deal. And how that relates to patients and their symptoms, I have seen patients report a significant amount of leg cramps on a drug uh, like furosemide. And it's a good idea to keep tabs um, on those electrolytes and make sure they're not getting too low. That may be a symptom of low potassium, for example, some of those those leg cramps. Uh, rarely there are skin reactions um, that can happen, uh, ototoxicity, so ear toxicity. Uh, again, very, very rare uh, that, that these are going to happen. So I mentioned ethacrinic acid. Uh, I've maybe seen it used once in practice. Uh, it actually doesn't have a sulfa group in it. Um, so in a patient that has a severe sulfa allergy, uh, it may be a situation where ethacrinic acid still could be used. Now you've got to go through the pharmacy and you've got to try to get access to this drug because it, it is just, like I said, so seldom used, so seldom that you see it. Um, it's probably going to be a challenge to uh, access it even if you, you want to do it. So it might take a little time to, to find that drug. Uh, with administration, I did want to mention, um, so I mentioned the timing and urinary frequency, usually best to, to dose earlier in the day. Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, furosemide, particularly in our heart failure patients, um, we can or sometimes have to juggle the dose quite a bit. So if somebody's not responding, we might bump up the dose. And with that, I've seen a lot of mistakes in medication reconciliation and patient education with uh, the dosing because 
oftentimes patients will be prescribed, let's say they're prescribed 20 milligrams a day, and um, maybe the uh, clinician, the provider, who's ever uh, adjusting that dose wants to go to two tabs a day. Um, two tabs and half tabs and, you know, different doses of 20 and 40 and 80 milligrams, I've seen that get goofed up. So be very cognizant of that fact. If, you know, you're a provider instructing a patient to go to two tabs or take a half a tab, make sure everybody's on the same page, make sure medical records are updated appropriately, uh, and all that good stuff because, yeah, like I said, when you start getting into half tabs and two tabs and three tabs, um, which can definitely happen with this medication, it can uh, certainly uh, lead to some errors at times. Uh, let's take a quick break here. Uh, Meded101.com is our sp sponsor for today. Uh, if you're looking for test prep material for board certification exams, uh, so pharmacists like NAPLEX, uh, BCPS, BCGP, BCACP, uh, we've got that available. Meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Uh, you can see our growing list of, of resources there. We've also got books available um, to really help uh, your clinical thought process, which can be uh, relayed to a whole host of, of prof professions from med students, uh, NP students, PA students, and uh, of course, uh, pharmacy students as well there. So uh, go check that out. Uh, support the podcast, support meded101.com. Finishing up on drug interactions with furosemide, I don't think of any really, really strong drug interactions that increase significantly or substantially increase the dose or increase the concentrations of furosemide. But what you do see with drug interactions is kind of additive effects. So uh, furosemide, we've got to monitor kidney function. Um, as we promote the loss of fluid out through the urine, uh, a big concern that we can run into is kidney failure through a dehydration type of situation. And so when I think of drug interactions, I think of drugs that may also contribute to these kidney issues. So uh, I've seen patients on two diuretics, for example. I've seen patients on um, uh, loop diuretics and, and ACE inhibitors or ARBs. So those can be damaging to the, the kidney. Um, ACE... Uh, excuse me, NSAIDs, another classic example of a medication that can hurt the kidney. And if we put these drugs on board with a loop diuretic, it may increase that risk a, a little bit more. Aminoglycosides, another medication that's potentially uh, nephrotoxic uh, that you need to be aware of there. Uh, I also think of cumulative effects in the setting of uh, hypotension and low blood pressure. So obviously any type of agent that lowers blood pressure could kind of have a cumulative effect with that loop diuretic. Um, one other uh, recent medication I think of that I did a, a podcast on are the SGLT2 inhibitors. They may have a modest um, diuretic, modest uh, blood pressure lowering type effect. And again, we can kind of have a, a cumulative effect there, a cumulative drug interaction uh, where we may get more of those uh, symptoms by using uh, two of the, those drugs together that do similar things. 
Uh, digoxin I wanted to uh, mention, so in the setting of low potassium, low magnesium, there may be a higher risk of digoxin toxicity. So loop diuretics can obviously reduce those levels, and we may have some risk there um, for dig toxicity. And then thiazides, I kind of mentioned that risk of dehydration, insult to the kidney. Um, there's that aspect of it. There's also the potassium depleting effect as well. So thiazide diuretics, so we've got you know hydrochlorothiazide, chlorothalidone, uh, metolazone. I have seen these used in combination with loop diuretics. Uh, so keep that in mind that we might really get an ultra potent electrolyte lowering effect uh, from using medications like that in combination uh, with one another. So I think that's going to sum up for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, Reallifepharmacology.com. I've got a free uh, top 231 page uh, document. Uh, that covers the, the top 200 drugs. Uh, it's a no-brainer if you're uh, taking a pharmacology class or a board exam. Um, just go snag it for free. Uh, we send you out updates on new stuff that we've got coming out as well as um, when a, a podcast episode uh, is released as well. So nothing extreme there. Uh, yeah, check that out, reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, whatever, um, platform you're listening uh, to us through, please leave a rating and review. Uh, those are incredibly appreciative and they help us um, go up the, the ranks and different things as well there. So also word of mouth is a great way to uh, share the podcast, classmates, friends, other healthcare professionals, uh, and or um, maybe even college professors. I've been um, contacted by a few as well that say they uh, enjoy learning um, some of the real-life pearls that, that happen out there and as well as applying it to uh, pharmacology uh, practice in general. So uh, that's going to be it. Take care. Thanks for listening, and um, have a great rest of your day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.